Man, I'm looking forward to tonight as well as uh, the time we get to spend uh, with each other out in the covered courtyard. And if this is your first time to a uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas, New Year's Eve uh, service, then we welcome you. And, and part of tonight is that we would not just celebrate how faithful God is, but celebrate that He will still be faithful come 2016. Uh, think about faithfulness. You know, it's, it's almost like, have you ever tried this with maybe one of your family members? That let's just say someone in your family is a neat freak. Let's just say hypothetically, there's someone in your family that's just a neat freak. And you test them. So you move something in the house just to see if they would recognize. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll put something out of place and then we'll see how long they will recognize that it's out of place. And most of the times, they catch it because they are faithful in being that organized. Right? And most of the times, they'll catch it because that's how they like things. In, that's how they want order in their home. And when you move something that is supposed to be there, they recognize it. And they're faithful to recognize it because it's already in them to recognize it. Now, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing because some of you are thinking, well, yeah, so-and-so, if I were to move this, if I were to move this picture just a little bit off in their office, or if I were to make this crooked, oh, they would recognize it. They, would, they wouldn't be able to function. Or if I took away their phone for one day, they wouldn't be able to function. There's, there's a faithfulness that we all have that we rely on, that we know that, okay, that person is faithful to wake up every single morning and turn on the lights, every single light in the house, every morning, same thing. Or that person is always faithful to take my parking stall. Or that person is always faithful to sit in my seat in church every time somebody does that. So we all have a bit of faithfulness to us. And that faithfulness is actually given to us by the one who has always been faithful. And that's God himself. God displays faithfulness because he is. He doesn't have to perform it. He doesn't have to act on it. He doesn't have to think it up. He is faithful. So according to the Bible, when the Bible tells us that he is faithful, what the Bible is actually doing is kind of like giving us a receipt of what has already been purchased, his faithfulness to us. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Now, tonight, as we talk about his faithfulness, we probably will catch some things for us personally. We'll probably have some moments of, boy, I, I need to get better with faithfulness when it comes to uh, reading the Bible. Or I, I got to be more faithful with telling my spouse I love them. Or I, I got to be more faithful with putting away things. I got to be more faithful with, after I'm done eating, take my own dish to the sink. I got to be more faithful. Like, we'll, we'll hear that during tonight. And so when you, when you have that sense, don't dismiss it. Accept that as a gift from God saying, as I am faithful to you, you're going to feel some faithful areas that I want to improve on. And you might not be unfaithful in certain areas, but what the Lord wants to do is just improve in areas that he sees for the future that we can do so much better in. And so the good news is he's going to model that for us. We've actually been in a series called Preparation, and we're preparing for whatever God wants to do. Be because before God wants to do anything 
through us, He's going to do something in us. And as we come to the closure of 2015, his, he's, he's been preparing us for what's coming up. And we don't see what's coming up, but he does. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Now, some of you love scaring people. I don't know where you get that from. You just love scaring people. You hide and you, you just love scaring people. You hide in the closet and then your mom will open the door and you'll just go, hey, and they'll, ah, and you just love doing that. But what you do is, now the other person gets frightened because they're not prepared for it, but you are. So you don't get scared unless you're not prepared to get punched in the face when they get scared. (laughs) So you prepare as best as you can for that person being unprepared. And what God wants to do is prepare us for what he knows what's going to happen in 2016. He's going to prepare us. Because he's faithful. So don't dismiss when you have that sense from the Lord that he says, okay, here's some things that you got to do better in and, and, and here's where we got to tighten up. This is what we want to look forward to in 2016. And maybe he's saying, leave all of this junk in 2015. Whatever spirit is in you, spirit of anger, frustration, pride, entitlement, whatever, whatever spirit is on the inside, just cast it out. And say, Lord, I don't want that spirit anymore. I don't want the spirit of, of being uh, prideful or I don't want the spirit of, of anger or, or anxiety or worry. I, I don't want that, Lord. Can you, can you remove that and then replace it with your spirit? And I tell you, he will be faithful to do so. He's just that good. He's faithful, which means he'll never fail us. Tonight, as we bring 2015 to a close, we look forward to 2016 with anticipation of what the Lord is going to continue to do in and through all of us. And we can rest assured that he is faithful to lead the way no matter what 2016 is going to look like. Faithful is a word that we use to describe consistency and commitment, follow-through, or longevity. In fact, Merriam-Webster's definition in the dictionary says of faithfulness, having or showing true and constant support or loyalty, keeping your promises, or doing what you are supposed to do. That's what faithfulness is. And that's who God is. It's, it's almost like describing our God because he is faithful to do what he said he was going to do. Faithful, that word is actually an adjective which describes the person. And in this case, we're describing the Lord. Faithfulness is a noun. And because it's a noun, now, I'm going to give you a little word uh, teaching here. And believe me, I'm learning about this too. But because it's a noun, that word faithfulness, that word noun comes from the Latin word nomen, which means name. So faithfulness, when we talk about his faithfulness, we're talking about his name. That, that's, that's what we name God. Now, he has many names because of his character and his attributes. And so we, we attribute faithfulness or we, we say he is, he is worthy, uh, he is faithful, uh, he is our savior, he is the Lord. You know, we'll have those names attached to him, but his name is faithfulness. In fact, if you're reading with us through the Bible and you're in your devotions, you're reading in the book of Revelation today. And we've been reading through the book of Revelation. In fact, Revelation 19, verse 11 reads this. 
In fact, John, while he was on the island of Patmos, he was exiled, he writes these words. He says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a, wi- and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. So John is talking about Jesus Christ, whom he sees while writing these words. And as John is writing these words, I can imagine that not only is John saying, well, you're faithful and true, but he is witnessing faithfulness. He sees the Lord who is alive and well. That word faithful is actually a Greek word, pestos. And that word means trusty or faithful. And it gives like three definitions of it. And we're going to look at those three definitions tonight. The first one is of being faithful, this word pestos, a a Greek word, of persons who show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. The second definition is one who, keep, one who kept his plighted faith worthy of trust. Plight is a pledge or promise or a dangerous, difficult, or otherwise unfortunate situation. So the Bible is letting us know that no matter what the situation looks like, that he can be trusted. That's the word that is used because whenever God is about to do something, He's not afraid because he knows the outcome. The problem is we just don't know what's going to happen, so we live with fear. But God says, no, I'm going to keep my promise, even though it's a dangerous and difficult situation or even an unfortunate situation. He says, I'm still going to be faithful. The third definition is for faithful is that can be relied on. That can be relied on. So we're going to go through those three tonight. The first one is of persons who show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. In other words, the Lord shows his faithfulness. He shows it. He doesn't just talk about I'm faithful. He actually shows it. Have any of you heard someone say I am faithful, but they don't show it? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't help the situation. But when someone shows their faithfulness, then... Uh, that matches their character. Why? Because they're showing what faithfulness looks like. Think of all that God has done. Think of, think of what he has done in this past year of, of the creative things he's done in our lives. The fact that he created you and I for all of eternity or, or the fact that he gave us Jesus, that God himself came to us so that we could have eternal life. God gave us relationships that last forever, which means that even our loved ones who know God, we're going to see them one day. Because he's faithful. God didn't create us just for this earth. He created us for eternity. So he is faithful that we're going to see them again. He shows himself faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. That's how good God is. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Think of this past year, despite the circumstances, despite the heartache, the pain, or the challenges, maybe the fights and quarrels that we may have had with with other people, God has remained faithful. He didn't change because we went through a difficult time. He stayed the same. His faithfulness is as loyal and constant as the rotation of our solar system. 
In other words, we don't, we don't have to worry if the sun is coming up tomorrow morning. We're not going to wake, wake up every hour or half an hour, look out the window and say, I hope the sun comes up. Oh, the sun comes up. Okay, gotta go back to sleep. Oh, what happened? What time is it? Four o'clock. Is the sun up yet? No, not yet. Oh, is you sure it's going to come up? Yeah, it, it comes up every morning. Okay, okay, I'm going to go sleep. And then, what time is it now? 5.35. Is the sun up yet? Wait, it should be coming up soon. What's your problem? Oh, I was just worried if the sun won't come up. If you start worrying about that, you got to go check yourself because you don't worry that the sun isn't coming up. Why? Because the sun has been faithful. And who created the sun? God. And just as faithful as the sun rises in the morning, so is God. Then we don't have to worry about him if he's going to be with us or not. His faithfulness, here's the second thing. His faithfulness has never failed. Not only does the Lord show his faithfulness, but his faithfulness has never failed. He is one who kept his plighted faith worthy of trust. He's never failed us. Psalm 36, verse 5, it says, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. In other words, there are no bounds and limits to his faithfulness. His faithfulness is not dependent on how good we are. His faithfulness is not dependent on if the day is good, the season is right. His faithfulness is dependent on who he is. There are no bounds or limits to his faithfulness. It reaches you exactly where you're at. He is always faithful. Don't you love it when people are faithful in your life? Like when someone says, hey, I can borrow your lawnmower, I bring them back. It's good that they're faithful that they bring it back. Otherwise, you've got to borrow your lawnmower from the person who borrowed it from you. Didn't you feel that tension? It's like, oh, brother, I can borrow your lawnmower. Oh, yeah, that's yours? Yeah, but, you know, you never bring them back for nine years, so I can borrow them back. Or worse yet, it breaks, and they don't say anything. But God is faithful. I love it when we travel. Like, I love traveling. I love flying on the airplane or even going over to Saddle Road and, and driving. I, I just love traveling. And, and, and part of it is it gives me, like, a downtime you know, alone time, I can think, I can just relax. But it's also a great time for snacks. I love snacks. I, I, I mean, when we travel, that, that's, that's, that's a part of the itinerary. It's what do we have? Okay, we got that. Wait, we got snacks, right, for the airplane ride. It's a five-hour flight, so we need some snacks. So we put some snacks in. Well, this one time I put snacks in the carry-on, but I put it in the upper compartment. And as we're taking off, I want a snack. And I'm thinking, ugh. I put it up on the top. I didn't even have to say a word. Heidi looks at me, pulls out a snack for me. And I look at her, I'm like, how in the world? She goes, I know you. I know you well. I said, but I didn't have to think of it. I said, thank you so much for being faithful in just getting snacks. Like she put it, puts it in her bag. And then she said this, no, all the parents get snacks for their children. <laughs> like, hey, I take that. I'll, I'll take that. If there's a snack that comes with that compliment, I'll take that. But that's how God is with all of his children. He's faithful. He is always faithful to meet our needs, and he is always faithful to be there for us. He's not going to leave us. He can't leave us. It's impossible for him to leave us. That's why he's called God. He just can't leave us. He loves us that much. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we, are faithful, if we are faithless, 
He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He stays faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, he stays faithful because here's the last thing, number three, he is reliable. He's reliable. Like he is the, he is the most reliable person you and I will ever meet. He's reliable. I mean, tell me there wasn't a single time when you relied on God and he didn't pull through. Now, you might be thinking, no, there are a couple times where, no, I relied on God, but he didn't pull through. I relied on God. He said, you know, he said he's not going to leave me, never forsake me, but when I needed something, he wasn't there. I I relied on God, but he didn't protect me. He didn't protect them. He He didn't save them. So he wasn't reliable. Now, here's... Here's where we need to change our perspective. Sometimes we base God's reliability on the circumstances rather than say, Lord, in who you are in, in, in your entirety and then everything from beginning to end, that's going to show your reliability, not in our circumstances because his ways are higher than our ways. We don't know what God knows but he remains faithful. We, we cannot see everything from beginning to end, but God sees everything from beginning to end that he can be relied on. He can be depended on with full trust and confidence. We can depend on God like how we depend on gravity. I love this story of this insurance claim Blaming gravity as the problem. This man was in an accident, so he filled out an insurance claim. The insurance company contacted him and asked for more information. Here's what, here's, uh, this is what his response was. And he writes this. Dear insurance company, I am writing in response to your request for additional information for block number three of the accident reporting form. I put gravity as the cause of my accident. Well, you said in your letter that I should explain more fully, and I trust the following detail will be sufficient. I am an amateur radio operator, and on the day of the accident, I was working alone on the top section of my new 80-foot tower. When I had completed my work, I discovered that I had, over the course of several trips up the tower, brought up about 300 pounds of tools and spare hardware. Rather than carry the now unneeded tools and material down by hand, I decided to lower the items down in a small barrel using a pulley, which was fortunately attached to the gin pole at the top of the tower. Securing the rope at ground level, I went to the top of the tower and loaded the tools and material into the barrel. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 300 pounds of tools. You will note in block number 11 of the accident reporting form that I weigh only 155 pounds. (laughs) Due to my surprise of being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rather rapid rate of speed up the side of the tower. In the vicinity of the 40-foot level, I met the barrel coming down due to gravity. This explains my fractured skull and broken collarbone. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, 
not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. Fortunately, by this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold on to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of tools hit the ground due to gravity and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the tools, the barrel now weighed approximately 20 pounds. I refer you again to my weight in block number 11 on my form. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the tower due to gravity. In the vicinity of about the 40-foot level, I once again met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the two fractured ankles and the lacerations of my legs and lower body. The encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell onto the pile of tools and fortunately, only three vertebrae were cracked. I am sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the tools in pain, unable to stand, and watching the empty barrel 80 feet above me, I again lost my presence of mind, and I let go of the rope. And due to the faithfulness of gravity, <laughs> well, you know what happened then. <laughs> gravity will always be there because God created gravity. Whatever God does, he shows himself in its creation. Whenever God creates something, a part of him is in it. In the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God created man and woman in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You have the image of God created in you. He is faithful. And he put a little bit of himself in you and I. His spirit in you and I. And no matter what 2016 looks like, he is reliable to rescue you and I because he created you and I to be with him. Even though we don't know what 2016 looks like, no matter what comes our way, he'll be there. He's going to show us the way. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says that no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you, may able, that you may be able to bear it. That word temptation is actually an enticement to sin. Temptation, whether arising from the desires within or from an outside circumstance. That's what a temptation is. It, it entices us to sin. Now, being tempted is to try whether a thing can be done. So it's almost like there's a test also. In other words, God can turn what seems like a temptation that comes from the enemy or from within. He can turn that into a test. Now, God doesn't tempt us, but he will test us. So when there is temptation in front of us, we can flee from it. We can run from it. And the Bible tells us to do that. 
But when you find yourself in front of a situation where you're tempted to lash out, you're tempted to just use anger as your authority, when you're tempted to fall prey to the things of the enemy, you're tempted to go back to your old ways, you're tempted to just tell that person off finally, once and for all, when you're tempted to do what you know is not of God, he says, let's turn this into a test. I'm not tempting you to sin, but this gives you an opportunity to pass a test with an A+. That no more are you going to be like that in 2016. You're going to be different come 2016. That whatever temptation comes your way, I'm going to give you the ability to escape it. No temptation is going to be too much for you because I'm going to show you the way out. I will always show you the way out. Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our, of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And we don't let go of that hope. We don't waver because he is faithful. That's why we have this word up here because that's our hope. Our hope is in God. In fact, next week we're going to be starting a new series on Sunday mornings and we're going to be talking about, uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about his hope. That hope is alive. And it's a new kind of hope. It's not the kind of hope that the world offers. It's the hope of the Lord. That's the hope that we have. It's, it's of the Lord. He is faithful. Tonight, though, as we conclude this series of preparation, he's just going to help us to be prepared for what's coming up in 2016. Listen, we're not just people who gather here to sing songs and listen to God's word. You're the church. You're the church. You mean something in this world. You don't leave here attending church. You leave here being the church. You don't go to your workplace, your family, and wh whatever party you're going to be at tonight representing yourself. We represent the Lord. And when we represent the Lord, he will give you the energy. He will give you the joy. He will give you the strength to represent him well because he is faithful. In fact, next week, Wednesday, on our Wednesday nights, if some of you attend our Wednesday nights, we're kicking off a series called Milk to meet. In other words, we're going from the elementary days of being with the Lord to growing up. And we're going to start with our first message on Wednesday night called Growing Pains. What a way to start our new year, isn't it? I mean, this is such a good way of talking about growing pains. But I believe this, that God is just preparing us for what we're about to accomplish next year. And our word for next year at, at this church is the year of harvest, that God wants more people to come to know him as Lord and Savior. So he is preparing us. In a short while, we're going to go outside and, and we're going to do what we call our candlelight service. And our candlelight service really means for, for us tonight is whenever you light something, right? You, you, you light a candle, you turn on a light. Once a light is on, it must shine. It, the light has no other option but to shine. So when we light our candles tonight, it's a reminder of his faithfulness. That once we light it, the light will shine because he is faithful. He is faithful to light up the darkness in our lives, especially in this world through the church. As he says in the book of Matthew, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill should not be hidden, but it lights up the entire city for all to see. You don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, you put it on a lampstand so everyone can see. So let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm going to dismiss you. And in fact, we can stand right now as we close in prayer. And for those of you who have children, you can head out, uh, pick them up at the nursery and, of course, the youth wing side. And then when we enter into the covered courtyard, please make your way all the way to the front, which is uh, toward the parking lot side, so that everyone can get in, okay? Well, let's bow our heads and let's just close in prayer as we head out. Lord, we thank you for your word and thank you for your faithfulness. We pray as we transition outside that all of us, Lord, will kind of put something in our hearts that you want to fulfill in our hearts, as well as just leave behind the junk that we don't want with us in 2016. I pray your safety over every single person. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen.